That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Every day, millions take to the internet to find love, a date, or just a hookup. While many encounters become exciting new relationships, some become devastating dates with death. I'm about to tell you the story of one such deadly online connection. Welcome to I Met My Murderer Online. I'm Patricia Brown, but you can call me Patches. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 36-year-old Carla Stefaniak was a world traveler jet-setting across the globe seeking new adventures. Her passion for life brought her to Costa Rica to celebrate her birthday. The pictures she saw online told the story of a magical place known for its lush rainforest and sandy beaches, touching both the warm Caribbean Sea and the mighty Pacific Ocean. Perfect for weekend getaways, romantic escapes, and building a lifetime of memories. But when Carla clicked confirm to purchase her rental accommodation, she had no idea she had also confirmed her fate and met her murderer online. In November of 2018, Carla and her best friend and sister-in-law, April Burton, booked a week-long trip to Costa Rica's capital city, San Jose, to celebrate her upcoming 36th birthday. Carla, an experienced travel blogger, documented the trip to show her many followers on Instagram. By all accounts, Carla was having the time of her life. This is journalist Joe Gardner. She traveled all around the city with her sister-in-law, April, and they were taking pictures at the hot springs, beaches, shops, and restaurants. She picked a beautiful place to ring in her 36th birthday. On Tuesday, November 27, 2018, Carla said goodbye to her traveling companion, April Burton. Carla had decided to stay one more day and see more of the city solo. She dropped April off at the San Jose airport, returned her rental car the two had been using to travel around, and grabbed an Uber back into town. Instead of heading to her Airbnb, she decided to spend the day shopping. She used the same Uber driver that picked her up at the airport as her tour guide around the city. Carla was a single, attractive, outgoing female who was a free spirit. And she traveled the world and often traveled on her own. This is the attorney for the Stefaniak family, Jack Gordon. 
And of course, the real danger is that she's a vulnerable woman. And unfortunately, there are many vulnerable people, not merely women, men as well, you know, especially when they're traveling, especially when they're traveling abroad, they no longer have the safeties that we are guaranteed in this country. I think Americans especially have, I don't want to say a degree of arrogance, but certainly there's a, there's a cavalier nature to United States citizens, especially traveling abroad. You know, the expectation levels are, I think, a little bit skewed. Traveling by herself would not have been a problem for Carla. This is law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong. She spoke fluent Spanish. She would have no problem being on her own and being in the country. This wasn't a last-minute travel arrangement. She had always planned on staying one more day. April and Carla said their goodbyes at the airport. But April believed she would see Carla the next day. But that drop-off at the airport was the last time the two ever saw each other. Carla had decided to stay close to the airport for her last night. Her Uber driver, the same one who had driven her around all day, dropped her off at her Airbnb rental, a seven-unit building with gates and 24-7 stationed security guards. This place got rave reviews online. It was a beautiful place, almost five stars. The pictures of this beautiful mountaintop villa with stunning views and water, nature preserve next to it, not a bad place to spend the last night of her 35th year. It was November 27th. Her 36th birthday was on November 28th. But Carla would never get the chance to celebrate with her family and friends. Half of her tweets are literally subtweets about herself. Like, I was on her Twitter last night and... Throughout the night of November 27th and into the 28th, Carla received videos and texts from friends and family wishing her a happy birthday. Her friends started to worry when those messages went unanswered. Carla would never go a long time without responding to her family and friends. Carla was good for calling on a daily basis and keeping contact. Normally, a loved one might not even worry about not hearing from someone. But because Carla always responded, it drew red flags almost immediately. Despite the negative reviews on Villa Lemez, Carla didn't indicate to her friends there was any trouble checking in. However, as the night went on, the sky opened up. A torrential downpour of rain sent power circuits into overdrive. The rental property lost power. At 6.55 p.m., the night of Carla's disappearance, Carla said her rental was, quote, super sketchy once the power had gone out. Now, Carla is starting to get really nervous. I mean, despite being able to speak the language, she realizes she's in an entirely different country and setting. So... She was talking with her friends on WhatsApp for the majority of the trip, and and at that time, she was talking to them for over an hour. And at one point, she thought about leaving the compound to go to a jazz club in the city, but ultimately decided against it, citing that she was just too tired to go out. And I'm sure her friends on WhatsApp were thrilled that she decided not to go out alone on her last night in Costa Rica. Carla's phone was dangerously low on battery, and with the power out because of the storm, there wasn't a way for her to continue on her group chat. Carla told her friends she was thirsty but didn't have any water. Her friends convinced her to stay inside the compound and to ask the 24-hour security guards if they had any water. Her friends told her, Carla, girl, don't go out. It was a reasonable request. It was raining. The power was out in the area. Stay inside. Ask security for water. That was one of the selling points of this place. It was guarded 24-7. Security guards, police officers, 
They had all been vetted. They were in great shape. It was a trustworthy place. But that communication was the last time anyone ever heard from Carla again. Carla had booked a flight to leave Costa Rica at 1.30 p.m. on Wednesday, November 28th, her 36th birthday. But she never got on the flight. Right away, Carla's family alerted authorities both in the U.S. and in Costa Rica. Because she had not been missing for more than 48 hours, they were told there was nothing to be done. Me and Carla were travel buddies. This is Greg Zwolinski, a close friend of Carla and her family. So when I got a text message saying that she didn't make her flight and nobody knows where she is, I instantly knew this was not going to be good because anyone who knows Carla, she's very active, not just on social media, but everybody knows everything about her. She's very open with her life, an open book, you might say. She doesn't allow stuff to happen to her. She is very alpha you know, just her presence. So for her to miss a flight and somebody not know about it, that doesn't happen. Carla's family was worried about a possible kidnapping and they did everything they could to alert authorities in both countries. But unfortunately, as we heard before, authorities thought it was just too soon to do anything about it. They also thought this might be a human trafficking situation. And understandably, they didn't want to wait 48 hours for an investigation to begin. So Carla's brother, Carlos, and her friend, Greg, headed to Costa Rica to begin the search themselves. 36-year-old Florida resident Carla Stefaniak lived her life to the fullest, traveling all over the globe. She was a citizen of the world. Whether it was New York City or Spain, Cuba or Switzerland, Carla shared her travel adventures with her thousands of Instagram followers. But on her last night as a 35-year-old while vacationing in Costa Rica, Carla Stefaniak would never be heard from again. I'm Patricia Patches-Brown. More of our story in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm Patricia Patches-Brown, and this is I Met My Murderer Online. Around 9 p.m. on November 27th, 2018, Carla ended a group chat citing low battery. Little did her friends know it would be the last time they would talk to her again. She was scheduled to fly out of Costa Rica at 1.30 p.m. the following day, her 36th birthday. Carla had booked an Uber driver, the very same driver who had driven her around all afternoon on the night of her disappearance, to pick her up at 8.30 a.m. and take her to do some last-minute shopping and then to the airport. But she would never make the flight. But when Carla doesn't arrive in Florida, the family, including sister-in-law and travel companion April Burton, start to get really worried. That's when concerned calls to Costa Rican investigators started. This is law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong. The family for Carla called local authorities in Costa Rica. But because Carla had been missing that long, they didn't do anything. They didn't search for her. They didn't search around the Airbnb. They didn't search her room. They didn't ask any questions. But 24 hours after her disappearance, 
They did, however, start to share our image and ask citizens had they seen her, you know, what her whereabouts were. And anytime you are talking about some location, some jurisdiction outside the boundaries of the United States, there is uh, the antennae go up a little bit. Uh-oh, we're going to have to take a, take a close look here. Attorney Jack Gordon says navigating foreign jurisdictions is tricky. So the thought process was, could we otherwise utilize any of our contacts or any of our lawyers who, again, practice in the area of immigration, maybe coming and going from Central America and other locations? Might they be able to add some help and some influence? If nothing else, would the United States government try to get some response? On Friday, November 30th, almost two days after she had last been heard from, Carla's family and friends created a Finding Carla Facebook page. Attorney Jack Gordon credits Carla's brother, Carlos, and her friend, Greg, with convincing authorities to start looking further into Carla's disappearance. I think they made a very heartfelt plea for assistance. And at that time, they had essentially catalyzed an internet campaign, you know, find Carla. And there were tens of thousands of people would otherwise at least express their support by logging on, so to speak, or otherwise by providing words of encouragement. Once the authorities got involved, they started to piece together Carla's final day. Phone records were subpoenaed that indicated she had been traveling around most of the afternoon in an Uber. She hired an Uber driver from the airport after she dropped her sister off. She paid the Uber driver in cash to continue to drive her around local shopping centers and Airbnb and sightseeing. Before she left the Uber, however, she asked the driver to meet her again the following morning. The investigation eventually focused on the Uber driver. Could the driver be involved or shed some light into her whereabouts? April Burton is incredibly distraught. This is journalist Joe Gardner. The despair she must have felt knowing that she was one of the last people to see her alive. April was there with her, and now she's wondering if she hadn't left Costa Rica, maybe nothing bad would have happened. It's just really hard because, you know, I do, at the end of the day, I do feel, I do feel, you know, guilty because I left earlier. So, you know, you start doing those what ifs. She kept going over and over any possible sign that she might have missed to find any clues that might help. You just start thinking bad things, that bad things happen when you don't want to. You want to try to stay positive, but there's just, there's no explanation for why she wouldn't reach out to someone. Police contact the Uber driver, who had chauffeured Carla around to various shopping centers the day she was last seen. The driver confirmed that there was a scheduled pickup for 8.30 a.m., but when he arrived, Carla didn't show. The driver told police he assumed she found another way to get to the airport and left. Carlos and Greg were determined to get to the bottom of Carla's disappearance. And the first place they checked was the Airbnb. We did go to the Airbnb. And I have to tell you, I, was, I wasn't scared for my life, but it was a very uneasy feeling that we are going to go knock on the door of the Airbnb. And it was up on a mountain. So there was only one road in, one road out. And one of the many reasons why we stoked out the whole neighborhood first was to A, get a feel for the surroundings so that if we, we were to get in any kind of trouble or we were threatened in any way, shape or form, we would at least have a 
general game plan on how to get out of there quickly. Two, I wanted to see all the cameras. And these homes, you know, they have private guard gates. You actually have to check in with the guard before you go into any of these homes. So guards, cameras everywhere. And there would be a lot of security footage available to us. So we go to the Airbnb and the owners of the Airbnb come out and we meet them. And I said, you know, we're here because Carla's missing. And, you know, so they're like, yeah, it's unfortunate. She got into a car and left. And we're like, we understand. Uh, we're not here to point fingers at you, but we just we just want to see the place. That's all we want to do. And he goes, okay, no problem. They gave us a full tour. I mean, they showed us everything. And we actually walked into the room where the murder happened. And we toured her villa. And I actually met the murderer. I shook his hand. The Uber driver was cleared of any wrongdoing. He was not near the Airbnb at any other time besides when he was there to drop off and pick up Carla. Meanwhile, the family pushes her kidnapping on social media. Now both countries, Costa Rica and the United States, are starting to become interested in Carla's vanishing. If the Uber driver didn't know where she was and the story checked out, authorities needed another another motive. Human trafficking, kidnapping, is a very real and dangerous motive. Carla was an attractive woman. Focus returned back to the Airbnb. Police believe this was a starting point for the scene of the crime. There was one problem, though. Carla's room had already been booked by other foreign tourists. In fact, a new guest was checked into the room the day after she was last seen. The rental property had already booked someone else to stay in Carla's room. It had been cleaned and re-rented, so... Authorities had a tough job ahead of them. They had to distinguish what evidence may have belonged to Carla and what had already been there. I'm sure there were multiple fingerprints belonging to those who worked there as well as the tourists. There wasn't much evidence out there. There had been no signs of struggle in the room. The security guards didn't say anything out of the ordinary. All of her stuff was gone. Carla appeared to just have vanished in thin air. But one thing police kept going back to was that they learned from Carla's friends who were on the group chat. They planned on seeing her the next day. Carla had been talking with her friends on a group chat. The power had gone out because of a powerful rainstorm. According to friends, Carla had decided to stay in for the rest of the night. Her phone was almost dead and she had no way to charge it. She had told her friends she was going to ask security for some water. She was never heard from again. Now, as her family arrives on the scene to seek answers, investigators piece together her last night using phone records and firsthand reports from security. Carla's family wanted answers. Journalist Joe Gardner. And the security guards at the scene said Carla had gotten into a car at five in the morning. But that just didn't make any sense to anyone. I mean, why would she leave at five in the morning when she'd hired an Uber for 8.30? And her flight didn't leave until 1.30 in the afternoon. Carla's brother couldn't find a trace of her. Everything was gone from her room. The guards first reported that Carla had checked out to 5 a.m. in the morning. This is law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong. But as they continued the investigation, guards start changing their stories. Some guards were saying they didn't actually see Carla check out. They just heard from other guards that she checked out at 5 in the morning. The guard on duty, a Nicaraguan national named Bismarck Espinosa Martinez, who was in the country illegally, 
told authorities Carla had checked out of the rental and had gotten into a car early in the morning, but there was no evidence to support this. Martinez was one of the first people to meet with Carla's family. Carla's friend Greg remembered walking in and shaking hands with him. Now the investigation had centered directly on him. Police find inconsistencies in Martinez's story. He was staying in the unit right next to Carla and worked as a security guard there at the same time. He had keys to every unit. Bismarck told police he personally helped Carla with her luggage and put them in the taxi cab at five in the morning. But it doesn't explain why Carla's phone records indicate that she had called an Uber to pick her up. Why would someone who used an Uber frequently all of a sudden take a taxi in a different country? Fluids consistent with blood is found in Carla's room and on the property. Her family fears the worst. Local authorities start to sweep the surrounding area, but the rental sits at the edge of a nature preserve. Cadaver dogs are brought in to help narrow the search for the young adventurer. While the search continued outside, authorities bring Bismarck Martinez in for some questioning. Carla's father joins her brother in Costa Rica, but shortly after Carla's father's arrival, police get a break in the case just not the one Carla's family wanted. And they said that we found a body. We can't identify if it's Carla or not because it's way too decomposed to make a, uh, to identify it. And that's, that's it, you know? So of course everybody's like, well, hopefully it's not her. I'm like, well, how many bodies can there be? You know, I'm, I mean, sure. It could be a killing ground up there, but and if it is, that doesn't work out well for us either, you know? So uh, so we were just hoping that maybe it wasn't her because the body was so decomposed. And But when I spoke to the a, a good family friend of mine, he's a coroner here in Hillsborough County in Tampa. When I spoke to him, he goes, five days could do a lot of damage to a body, so don't get your hopes up on it. At that point, we actually hopped into a car. The State Department sent out a car for us. And we actually drove to the airport because we were picking up Carla's dad. And all of this happened while Carla's dad was in flight. So he had no idea of what's going on or anything. So we went to the airport, he gets off the airplane and that was his first, like anything happened. I've been in radio silence for six hours. What happened last six hours? And we're like, unfortunately, this is where we're at right now. So everybody's crying the whole time. Everybody's crying here. And, uh, so he goes, well, I want to go see her. And of course, since there was no positive identification yet, uh, and the coroner that the autopsy hasn't been completed or anything, they wouldn't allow us to go see her. With two countries involved, authorities wanted to ensure a thorough autopsy. But eventually, Carla's brother Carlos, her father, and her friend Greg were asked to come and make a positive ID. I think it's probably nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. So it's pretty late. So we go in there more, we go through security and then you go down to this basement and they stopped us at the bottom of the stairs. And uh, the corridor came out. Um, he had his uh, assistant with him, female, young female. And they stopped us and they let the door like cracked a little bit and you could smell Oh my God, this smell, it just, it's etched into your memory forever. I've never smelled anything like it before. And I hope, pray to God, I never will. But the smell though, and they cracked open the door and the air is like rushing up the stairs and we're trying to come down the stairs and 
the coroner's like, it's Carla. Like straight up Toto's like, this is Carla. Um, we just wanted you guys to come see her. Carlos, her brother, did not go in with us. He actually stayed on the staircase. Um, and he's like, are you sure you want to see her like this? Are you sure you want to remember her like this? And I'm like, Carlos, I promise you, my memory with Carla will far exceed anything that's ever happened in Costa Rica. And so we entered the room, huge room, uh, very, very well lit up. I was almost like blinding well lit up. And you had these uh, like curtains kind of, you know, so you had like eight eight beds across on two sides of the room. Um, and Carla was the first one, the first one there. And, uh, you know, she was just laying there and it, it was a bittersweet moment because one, it was a relief that she was found and that is her. That's my girl. But B, it was it was that moment where it was like, okay, it's confirmed. Like this is the end of the road. She had defense uh, marks on her left arm, so it seemed like she was defending herself. That he was charging at her in some ways, shape, or form. And so she has defense marks on her left arm, and then she has a very light stab wound from one side, and then the devastating stab wound from uh, from the other side. The, the fatal stab was so hard and so much force behind it that they said it came in through the through, through her neck and actually split her spinal cord. It actually went between the vertebrae into the central nervous system and actually sliced it. Like her, actually just dis- it unplugged it. And the coroner said, Greg, I just want you to know that I say this with certainty almost. She was dead before that body hit the floor. So he, he, sorry. So he's crying. He leaves. I I end up leaving. I'm Patricia Patches Brown. More of our story in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Patricia Patches Brown, and this is I Met My Murderer Online. The search took less than a week. Carla's family posts a somber update to their Facebook page to let the world know that Carla had been found. Carla's body had numerous wounds, both to the neck and head. She had been stabbed at least seven times. It was also determined she had been crushingly hit over the head with a blunt instrument, which possibly served as the fatal blow. The Facebook page run by the family turns from hashtag finding Carla to hashtag justice for Carla. They demanded answers, and there have been a lot of inconsistencies in the investigation. I mean, even though they have a suspect in custody, it doesn't mean it's over. And of course, the American government's now involved since an American was killed in another country. But as prosecutors are assigned to this case, they're also rapidly dropping their involvement. 
for some reason, no one wanted to be tied to this murder trial. Why is that? Bismarck Espinosa Martinez has been charged in the murder of American Carla Stefaniak. This guy was not merely not properly licensed for employment in that capacity. He wasn't authorized for any employment in Costa Rica. He was essentially an illegal alien. He was a foreign national. He was not from Costa Rica. Yet there he was, given access to uh, to rooms, to private individuals, keys, access to, again, very intimate places where they're, you're outside of the public eye, where if you want to do something bad, you can The evidence against him is plentiful, but the family still believes justice is not being served. Law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong explains. The suspect was originally charged with second-degree murder, which carries a maximum of 18 years of convicted in Costa Rica. That hardly seems fair in a case like this. According to reports, Bismarck confessed to his wife that he had in fact murdered Carla. The wife then called Bismarck's mother, distraught over what she had just heard. So the person who rented the room right after Carla did recounted that he saw Bismarck completely drenched and covered in mud when he checked in. He also mentioned that his room smelled strongly of vinegar and chlorine. The trial lasted four weeks, but there is no jury. Carla's fate rested in the hands of three judges who will determine guilt and jail sentence. Carla's father testified, as does a Mexican tourist who stayed in the room mere hours after Carla disappeared. Prosecutors detailed Carla's last moments on Earth. They believed Bismarck had entered Carla's room with the keys he had as a member of the security team. With murderous intent, Bismarck brutally attacked and killed Carla, but not before raping her. And this individual, again, this was a bad guy. This is a guy who brutally raped, tortured, and killed an innocent woman. And I think he should have been punished even more harshly than he was. According to investigators, Bismarck carried her body into the woods outside the compound, hastily buried her, and then returned to work, acting like nothing had happened. Journalist Joe Gardner says Bismarck's attorney did not put up a vigorous defense. So the defense lawyers countered all evidence by simply calling everyone involved with the investigation liars. It wasn't much of a defense, but there were no eyewitness accounts and no security footage of Bismarck physically disposing of the body. The case would rest in the hands of the judges. This is a man who should not have been given access to an Airbnb facility and to individual private rooms. But this is a man who was not even authorized. Forget about working in Costa Rica. He wasn't authorized to be in Costa Rica. And again, we can complain about our immigration laws here in the United States, but I think we do a pretty good job of sifting through folks to determine who should be eligible for entry to the country and who shouldn't. And unfortunately, Costa Rica, it's, it's not as strict. On February 17th, 2020, nearly 15 months after Carla Stefaniak was brutally raped and murdered while vacationing in Costa Rica for her birthday, Bismarck Espinosa Martinez was found guilty for her murder. He was given 16 years in prison. According to attorney Jack Gordon, the family felt 16 years was nowhere near long enough for Carla's murder. I think initial disbelief, I think there was significant disappointment. Ultimately, there was a there was an anger. There was an outrage. 
nothing, no punishment can bring, can bring Carla back. But we believe the punishment should fit the crime. This man was, from our perspective, let off very easily. Carla's friend Greg has a different perspective on the judge's sentence. At this point, I probably am blessed with more closure than anybody else. So by the time the trial came around, I've kind of already made peace with everything. So I didn't even have that like anger and animosity towards him because I don't care about him. He is, I almost dismiss him as a human being and he means so little to me that if he walked away a free man or he got life in prison, I, I, I don't know. I just, my peace with the whole situation, the only thing that I could think of in my mind is that she's not coming back. I, I don't have her anymore to call, you know, and I miss her. I really do. And no matter what happens to him, I just don't care. Carla's family still wants answers. They don't think Bismarck acted alone. At the very least, they sue the owner of the Airbnb rental and Airbnb themselves. As it turns out, the property should have never been listed on Airbnb at the time of the rental. Its license had been had expired and the owner never renewed. It was illegal. According to Carla's father, Carla weighed nearly 200 pounds and it would have been almost impossible for one person to kill her and dispose of the body that night. Her body showed no signs of being dragged. She would have been carried through the mud and the rain across a distance of almost four football fields long. The judge ruled that the rental property is in part to blame for the actions leading to Carla's death. They awarded the family $53,000 in damages. $53,000 and 16 years in prison. That's what Carla Stefaniak's life was worth in the eyes of Costa Rican judges. The attorney for the family, Jack Gordon, still maintains there is more evidence out there indicating others were involved. Given some of the forensic information evidence, there appears to have been forensic material that was outside what would have been attributed to the man who was ultimately killed. It appears again, there was at least one other. While the family is happy the murderer can't hurt others for the next 16 years, they still want to make sure all those involved are brought to justice. I don't know any particulars. I don't think that anybody knows any particulars. We are advised that investigations are always ongoing and justice is continuously sought. But I'll tell you, I haven't received an update in a long time. Carla lived life to the fullest, and the family just wants those who share her passion for life to live in a world where they can do the same. They're not going to stop until all those involved are brought to justice. With the scroll of a mouse and click of a button, Carla Stefaniak's picturesque birthday trip turned from a dream come true to her worst nightmare. Carla Stefaniak met her murderer online. I'm Patricia Patches-Brown.